everyone, welcome back to my channel and to the world of spirits. So we're now on the letter R. And the first spirit I'm going to bring in the letter R is Ragana. Ragana is pronounced, um, I think like that, but what I meant to say is, is also known as rage. But when you say it as rage, it's pronounced rage. So I don't know if Ragana's pronounced as rage or if it's rage that's pronounced as rage because it doesn't state that. It just says ragana and then it says also known as rage pronounced rage. So I'm not sure but I'm going to say ragana because obviously that's how I see it. Baltic, Latvia and Lithuania is the origin. Ragana's name derives from a root word meaning horn or crescent. Alternatively, her name derives from a root verb meaning to see. Ragana is ancient, pre-Indo-European spirit, a powerful prophetess who reveals the future. She's familiar with the past too. Devotion to Ragana dates back to the Neolithic era, the New Stone Age. Ragana rules over night, winter, birth, death, destruction, rebirth and regeneration. She is a goddess of fertility, abundance and menopause, which begins with a touch of a red wand. Ragana the prophetess sees all, knows all, and is all-powerful. She is a goddess of death and a master healer who can allegedly cure any illness or ailment. Ragana can bless or curse. She controls fertility and the milk supply of women and animals. She causes and cures infertility and impotence. Ragana controls weather, raising and allying storms, and wind. She is a guardian of nature's cycles, creation, growth, decline, and destruction. Ragana may be understood as a spirit of balance. Even her negative powers may be understood as a blessing. Ragana halts the sun's ascent after the summer solstice. What would happen if the sun's power was left unchecked? If after the summer solstice, the sun's power only increased? There may be one goddess Ragana. There may be a family of closely related spirits all called Ragana. There may be one goddess Ragana plus her entourage of handmaidens, lesser but still formidable spirits who are called Raganas. Ragana's mortal priestesses and devotees are also known as Ragana. In modern Latvia and Lithuania, the word ragana literally means witch, and not in the most positive sense of the word either. According to Lithuanian folklore, witches fly off to the hilltops to rendezvous with ragana on a holy night, the winter solstice. Ragana cuts ice holes into frozen lakes to bathe in icy water. She rarely walks. She flies by transforming into a bird or riding a stick, branch or a tree stump. She's a seer. She doesn't necessarily wish to be seen. Woe to men who surprise her and her handmaidens, especially if caught bathing, dancing, cavorting, celebrating or otherwise in ritual. First, Ragana and Raganas devour men sexually. Then they literally devour them. This myth of Ragana raises questions regarding the true identity of the hounds who consumed Acteon after um, he interrupted Artemis and her nymphs bathing. Ragana was demonised long before the arrival of Christianity in the region. 
venerated prior to the arrival of Indo-Europeans. She was never assimilated or incorporated into their pantheon, in which male deities, like the Kunas, played dominant roles. Pre-Indo-European goddesses were assimilated by marriage to these deities. Ragana, apparently not ideal wife material, was not married to any of them. Following the arrival of Christianity, her image only got worse. Ragana was demoted to a witch who allegedly brings misfortune to humans and animals. A warning perhaps intended to make devotees stop venerating her. Fairy tales often portray Ragana as grotesque. Stories simultaneously celebrate and warn against her. Like her Russian soul sister, Baba Yaga, Ragana may be portrayed as a cannibal, yet her spiritual appeal, well, it still held remained sort of powerful way. Ragana is invoked in positive and malevolent magic. Spells and incantations attempt to focus or redirect her allegedly destructive powers against the spell's caster's enemies. She is an increasingly popular neo-pagan goddess. She favours witches and menopausal women. She may manifest as a beautiful woman, a bird, a fish, a hedgehog, a poisoned hood or snake, so a female dog, a goat, or some nightmarish creature. She's attributed with a broad sword, a chalice, a comb, and a red magic wand. Her animals are goat, hedgehog, mare, venomous snakes and toads. Her birds are crow, magpie and owl. Her fish is the carp and the pike. Her colours are red and white. A planet is the crescent moon, the horned moon. A number is a three, a tree is a birch. Regardless power manifests in plants that heal, poison or kill. A time is winter solstice and summer solstice, at the peak of Sal's power. Regana begins the waning of the year. It is Regana's moment of glory too. Ragana is traditionally given the first eggs of spring, a hunter's first catch in spring, butter cheese, hair, sheep's wool, and menstrual blood. Well, she's a very interesting spirit indeed. I have to be honest in my research, it was the first time I'd ever come across her. Never heard of her before. Not with that name anyway, and not with the name Rage, so she was completely new to me. The next spirit is Rangda, the Witch Queen, the Widow, the Demon Queen, or her other names. Her origin is Bali. Rangda is Bali's Queen of Witches and Lady of the Night. She is a goddess of occult power, fertility, menstruation, menopause and death. She is a spirit of chaos, both in its negative sense and as a force that shakes up stagnation, allowing something new to be born. Rangdas plays a prominent part in the Balinese Borong dance theatre, where she appears as a, well, personification of wickedness. Just like the evil witch queens in Disney cartoons, Rangda typically steals the show, and in the source of much amusement, she is a troublemaker. For instance, causing menopausal women to become pregnant. Menopausal women who would like to become pregnant should take note of this spirit. Rangda is a spirit to approach, although she can be fierce and terrifying. She is not sweet and cuddly, even to those she favours. Rangda is an angry spirit. She was defamed and oppressed even when alive. After death, she became the queen of witches and the butt of shivery amusement in Barong. Rangda is the mother of Elanga, 10th century king of Bali, 
her husband, Erlanger's father, ostracised and condemned her because of his disapproval of the occult and shamanic practices. Upon her husband's death, Rangda amassed an army of spirits against Elanga. She cast a spell causing his soldiers to kill themselves, not their enemies by stabbing their own bodies with their poisoned daggers. Rangda lost the war, as she always loses in Barong, and she does in the dance too in theatre. Nevertheless, her spell remains so powerful that even today, a weak dancer may injure himself with his dagger. In Barong, Rangda is always impersonated by a man. Although the performances are also major tourist attractions, there remain sacred dances and the element of spiritual possession is involved. Balinese tradition suggests that if a woman danced Rangda, as, well, because... I guess what they're trying to say is because so much power would be invoked and this would be transmitted, it could potentially lead to the destruction of Bali because Rangda is potentially dangerous. Um, Chipu, um, his name is spelled C-E-P-U-K, which you would imagine would be Sipuk, but actually it's not. It's pronounced Chipu, C-H-E-H-P-O-O. Cloth is traditionally associated with this goddess, or whatever you want to call a witch, whatever, spirit. These sacred handmade ikat ritual clothes serve various purposes, but they also include, like, serving for exorcisms. They keep dangerous forces at bay. They purify the participants in magic and healing ceremonies. They protect and empower individuals during their dealings with the supernatural. Rangda is a pre-Hindu spirit of Bali, incorporated in the Hindu pantheon as a path of Durga and Kali. She favours the occult practitioners, widows and crones. Rangda may have tusks, very big tusks and prominent teeth. She may have long, pendulous striped breasts. A fire spews from her tongue. She has a wild, dishevelled hair and long claws. A time is obviously the night. Not sure I'd like to mess with that one, I'll be honest. <laughs> Sounds scary. So the next unusual spirit we're going to move on to is Rigpe Lamo, the red-faced one. But he's also known, it's more or less the same, but there's a little bit of a difference. He's also known as Rigpe Lamo. So it's Rig, is in G-R-I-G-P-A-Y, Lamo, or Rick. Which is R I K P A Y Lamo. Origin is Mongolia. Rigpe Lamo is a fierce pre Buddhist Mongolian spirit who now rides to the defense of Dharma in the entourage of her brother consort. Um, she is his consultant and companion, and ally is usually depicted riding on his right side. She's or he, I'm not sure, she or he is um, attributed to a flaming sword. It's like a ritual dagger or a stake also, it says. Usually mounted on a bear or a lion. A metal is copper and the colour is red and blue. <laughs> the next spirit is Resmiata, the great provider, origin is Celtic. Rosmiata is the goddess of abundance, well-being, prosperity, peace and plenty. She is a love goddess who bestows fertility. No myths involving Rosmiata currently survive, but she is a great goddess who was once incredibly popular. 
Rosmet was venerated over a huge swath of Celtic Europe. She had shrines throughout Gaul, on both sides of Rhineland, and in the British Isles, where her veneration was centred in Gloucester. Her shrines were usually connected with therapeutic spring sanctuaries, as for instance at um, Vibedon. Rosmiot is considered the deity who bridges Celtic, Roman and Germanic cultures as indicated by her marriages. She was partnered with different male deities, depending on region. Among her consorts are Mercury, Wotan and the Celtic deity Isus. In Leon, she was paired with Lu. However, Rosmiotha was also venerated independently, or by herself, no consort needed. Post-Christianity, many of Rosmiotha's functions were reassigned to Mary. In 994 CE, St. Gerard of Toul replaced the statue of Rosmiotha in her shrine on Mount Sion Vaudemont in Lorraine with the statue of Mary. Rosmiotha may hide beneath the mask of the Black Madonna of Avioth. Madame Rosmiotha, great provider, owns a pub The Three Broomsticks in J.K. Rowling's Harry Potter novels, just in case you didn't know that. <laughs> She's attributed to the cornucopia, um, the patera offering plate, wooden iron-bound bucket, ladle, torch, double axe, scepter. Rosmiotha also sometimes shares Mercury's attributes. Um, a spirit allies are Fortuna Mercury, and sometimes by the ghosts of dead children, they can be her entourage. Her creatures are the snake and the horse. She likes to be offered spring water, bowls of fresh fruit, and gifts fit for a queen. The next spirit is Rudra. Rudra, the howler. Origin is Himalayas. Rudra, forest spirit, wanders naked. Covered by nothing but white cremation ashes, except for his, well, erect penis, which is painted with red, black and white chalk. His bright red hair is matted, his teeth are sharp and jagged, his eyes are always red, variously attributed to weeping, smoke irritation and intoxication. Rudra leads a procession of howling dogs, ghosts and goblins. He howls, laughs and juggles flaming sticks. He makes his home in caves. Rudra, Lord of Thieves, is a hunter, healer, shaman, metal worker, and is himself a master thief. He has dominion over plants and animals. He is a master of spirits and may be requested to banish malicious spirits who are bothering you. Rudra is the Vedic spirit of storms, pine forests, and aesthetic sages. Three hymns in the Rig Veda are dedicated to him. Some scholars believe that he is indigenous Himalayan spirit who was encountered by Aryans and then travelled through India. He is a sacred, holy, dangerous, volatile and potentially violent spirit who is now identified with Shiva. His favourite people are shamans, magicians, witches, conjurers, fire workers, swindlers and thieves. He is attributed to an upward pointing triangle, an axe and a drum. His elements are fire and water. He apparently does have a constellation related to him. Um, Rudra and his hunting hound are manifest in the constellations Orion and Sirius. Colour is red, animal is dog. He likes uh, toadstools. I mean, <laughs> magic mushrooms basically are his favourite. His trees are pine as well. Interesting one indeed.
So the next spirit is Rusalka. Origin is Russia. Rusalka are female nature spirits associated with water, fields, forests and healing wells. Although sometimes dreaded, Rusalka are also petitioned for healing, fertility and true love. There are fierce debates as to their true identity, nature and their origin. Be careful. The Rusalka are tricksters and shapeshifters with wicked sense of humour. They may be willing to conform to expectations. In other words, they can be benevolent goddesses or seductive killers as you choose. There are some theories to their origins. So, Rusalka derives from the same roots as the Rus and Rusha. They are primal ancestors who annually bless the land with fertility and abundance. That's one theory. Rusalka are ghosts, transform souls of young women who died by drowning, whether as accidents or perhaps lured in by spirits. Suicide or murder. That's another theory. Another one is. Christian-orientated explanations suggest that Rusalka are damned souls of girls who died without being baptised, possibly pagan girls. Rusalka stories were traditionally told to girls, and so the added inference to that if they're not baptised, they'll end up just like the Rusalka. Which is probably right for what Christians would say. I'm not going to say it's not. It sounds about right. Rusalka serve as Baba Yaga's attendants and guard her rye fields. In the Ukraine, they perch in birch trees like birds, washing and combing their hair and weaving linen garments, which they wash and hang from branches to dry. They may live in beautiful underwater palaces during winter, but move to the trees when the weather turns nice. Rusalka came down from the trees at night to circle dance in the moonlight. Allegedly, if caught in the act, they drown observers. Water in the Rusalka's natural element is their home, but it's also their weapon. Stories describe, describe Rusalka luring people to water, then drowning them, although whether this was always part of their identity or whether this is just like a Christian attempt to discourage communication, that's unknown. Rusalka tends to travel in packs, so they tend to be a pack of gangles and marauding spirits. They are shapeshifters who may appear benevolent and beautiful, or scary and fierce. They're described as beautiful wild-haired and big-breasted, quite apparent, as they're usually naked when encountered. Sometimes they wear white linen shifts with no belts. In Russian cosmology, belts are a sign of civilization, as is braided or bound hair. The Rusalka's hair is always loose. Rusalka may appear as incredibly beautiful mermaids or as animated, pale, bloated, drowned corpses, essentially like zombies of the water. Their spirit ally is Baba Yaga and Barigini. Element is water, colour is white, their tree is birch, their animal is wolf and their plants is rye, poppies and flax. Rusalka ornament trees with beautiful handiwork as an example of what they expect from women. Traditionally, women weave and embroider special cloths, which are draped on birch trees as gifts to the Rusalka and the trees. Although Rusalka may accept offerings on home altars, offerings are traditionally draped onto tree branches for them, especially birch trees. A contemporary altar erected in the forest or beside a source of fresh water is ideal. If you would rather venerate the Rusalka closer to home, an altar in the backyard is generally more effective than one constructed indoors. Incorporate tree magic into indoor altars and maintain them with a steady supply of clean, fresh water in order to encourage the sulker to venture within.
Rusalka expect venerations and offerings from women as their due. Rusalka perched in trees, call out to girls passing by to give them gifts. Traditionally, offerings include ribbons, flower garlands, hand-embroidered ritual cloth, and also tea towels. Yeah, well, they are interesting. I'm not sure they're something I'd want to mess with, though, considering um, their reputation, but yeah. And those are the spirits that we are going to do in the letter R. Thank you so much for listening to this episode. I really appreciate it. Please hit the like, share if you can. And if you've not yet subscribed, please consider doing so. Many blessings.